to the pastor and to those who um, are in leadership here. It's a privilege to be here um, serving God's people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, join me standing as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for another night to give you praise and glory. For you alone are worthy of our praises. You sit high, but you look low. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for being our very own Father. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. Thank you for giving us your spirit who indwells on the inside of every believer. We thank you and we bless your name, God. There is no one like you in all the heavens and all the earth and underneath the earth. There's no one that can be compared to you. And Father, I pray that as we dive into the word of God to allow the word to um, shape the way that we look at love, I pray, Father, that none of me but all of you Pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. I pray that you'll grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of your power towards us who believe. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of whom all heaven and earth is named after, that according to the riches of your glory, that you would strengthen your people in their inner man by your spirit, that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the height, the depth, the length of your love, that they may know the love of Christ. Everybody lift up your hands. I pray that your people would know the love of Christ, which passes their mere knowledge, that they may be filled with the fullness of God, a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask according to the power that worketh in us. To you be the glory in the church throughout all ages, in the matchless name of Jesus, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, we're going back to 1 Corinthians. Remain standing as we read God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. We're going to do 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 8. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... But have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not assist on its own way. 
It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. King James says, love never fails. As for prophecy, they will pass. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide and these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen to the reading of the word of God. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. My um, lovely wife and my son will be here with me tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Um, I want to give honor to my godson, um, Quentin Anderson. He's here um, supporting me, and I thank God for that. Tonight, I'm going to talk about walking in the love of God, walking in the love of God. Last night, we talked about God's unstoppable love. You know, again, love is a mystery. Um, one of the distinguishing marks of a Christian is their love walk. You want to see a Christian, a real Christian? Look how much they love. Christians are set apart by God and for God. The majority of the people in the world are aware of that God's love for humanity. You ask anybody in the United States, for the most part, do, do you believe that God loves you? And they will say yes. How do we believers walk in the love of God daily? I want to talk about the walking in the love of God. Our text will come out of 1 John chapter 3. But I just want to highlight some things that we talked about yesterday. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 8, it says love is patient. Okay, this tells us what love is and what it does. Um, love is kind and what it doesn't do. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Love never ends. Um, the scripture that I prayed earlier was, it came out of Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. And that prayer is dealing with the love of God in our hearts and us walking in that love. Yesterday we talked about God's unstoppable love, how that love gives us peace with God. Romans chapter five talks about, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So the love of God gives us peace with God. The love of God also gives us the ability to stand in the presence of God. Um, um, the, the, the love gives us the ability to stand in the grace of God. What, I, what we call is a place called favor. The love of God gives us the ability to stand in a place called favor. 
The love of God gives us the ability to rejoice in any circumstances. The love of God also sees, helps us to see what God did for us in Christ Jesus. And that's based out of Romans chapter 5. So go with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to be sensitive tonight that um, I don't want to keep you all night long. <laughs> um, just in light of church, I want everybody to get here tomorrow. I, I, I'm, I, I'm anticipating the move of God even among our brother Mark um, as he ministered tomorrow. And uh, I'll be at my church, and then later on I'll bring some of our folks over to celebrate the Lord with us as we close out this revival. Um, God's unstoppable love. Uh, I was listening to a song as I was driving home to South Jersey. While y'all were in your beds, I was still driving. <laughs> um, we were, um, this is a song um, talking about uh, unstoppable love. And with this song it says that the love of God is unstoppable. If you try to stop it, he will wage a war against you. I was like, whoa, that is deep. That makes me just, whoa. God's love is unstoppable, and if anyone tries to stop the love of God, God will wage a war against them. I, I thought that was incredible. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. All right, look at verse 11. It says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So what is the message that Christ gave? What is the message that Moses gave? It was that for us to love one another. We can look at in the Gospels, Matthew Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We can see that Christ always told his disciples to love one another. And then we can look in um, Deuteronomy where it talks about loving the Lord. And then Leviticus talks about um, loving one another. And so Jesus put these two together, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But he says, the message that you heard from the beginning was that we should love one another. The, the message of Christianity, the gospel, is that God loves us, and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so the message that we've heard from the beginning came from Christ, came from the Old Testament. Um, he's constantly, um, John is constantly instructing his followers, his readers, to love one another, to love one another. So I want, it would be, I, I, do, I would do uh, a disservice if we did not think about the one another scriptures. What are you talking about, Pastor Dwayne? I'm talking about where it says forgiving one another, where it says to pray for one another, confess sins, our sins to each other. How many will say that you've confessed your sins to somebody recently. Anybody in here? Um, this is a good practice. James chapter 5 talks about how we should confess our sins one to another. I think that we need to um, allow the Lord to create a sense of community. Uh, we have um, what is called surface Christianity in America, where we are not um, authentic in our relationships. We cover up. And we don't confess. I was with a, a bunch of young men um, the other day in our small groups, and we were talking about the masculine mandate and God's calling to men. And, um, and we talked about confessing our sins. And so we began to confess our sins one to another. And then we began to do what the Bible says, to pray for one another that we may be healed. 
How many know there's power when we confess our sins? We know from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so some people don't ever confess their sins. But as Christians, we need to get in the habit of confessing when we mess up. Amen? Um, so here he says that this is the message that we should love one another. Let's go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Walking in the love of God. Walking in the love of God. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40, says this. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. All right. So we see here Jesus is instructing this, this lawyer that the law says that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Sometimes people want to love the Lord with their hearts, but not with their minds. God is concerned about how you, what you're thinking about. Isaiah 26 talks about if you'll keep your mind stayed upon the Lord, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Philippians 4 tells us what to think about. So God is concerned about what we think about. And then he's concerned about our soul. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus got this concept from Moses, from Deuteronomy, and Leviticus. The best gift of all is what? Love. So where's your love this, this night, this evening? Where is your love? Where, um, who are you investing all of your love in? Who are you investing all your love in? It's a, is it a woman or is it a man? Love God. You will, when you love God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul, um, you, are proper, you will properly love yourself and your neighbor. The reason why so many relationships go sour is because love is not really defined by scripture. Love is not defined by the love of God. For the love of God, love your neighbor. For the love of God, love yourself. You know? But you can't properly love yourself or love your neighbor without first loving God. When you love God, that shapes everything about your life. It affects everything about your life. You will love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is people love everyone first but God. We love ourselves more than we love God. The Bible says that people draw near to God with their words, but their hearts are far from him. So we got to be careful about doing lip service. If we're going to sing songs about loving God, we better have some, some deeds, some, some, some good works following or affirming our words. Amen. Um, uh, people could say all day, I'm a friend of God. I am a friend of God. But if you're not obeying him, you're not his friend. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So you cannot properly love people the right way until you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. 
And sometimes people put all their, all their love on the wrong person or the wrong thing. That's called idolatry. You know, some people, they, they, they want a kid so bad, they want a child so bad, so they love that child, and they idolize that child, and therefore, it's, it's out of order. It's, uh, it's, it's what the Bible says, King James says, inordinate affection, something that is not right, loving something improperly. Are you with me? Uh, sometimes people put all their love in friendships. This is my BFF, uh, my best friend for life, but yet... They have idolized that friendship above the friendship with God. Um, sometimes it's relationship with uh, uh, the opposite sex, where people pour all their love in this relationship. They put their faith in that relationship. Philippians 3, Paul says, um, put no confidence in the flesh. The flesh will fail you every single time. You can't trust your flesh as far as you can throw it. Try to throw your flesh. You can't trust your flesh. The flesh is a mess. So therefore, you need to, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, to set your affection on things which are above. Right. Set your affection on Christ, which is your life, yeah. who is your life. You need to put your faith and your love on the Lord. See, a man can't really love a woman properly until he loves the Lord. Right. See, men who lift up their hands to the Lord won't lift up their hands and smack their wives. Yeah. Are you with me? Um, so we need to love the Lord. But, you know, the thing about it is 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, What manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God? And 1 John chapter 4 talks about that we can't even love properly until we, we don't love God first, but God loved us first. So in order to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, you got to first be loved by God. <laughs> Uh, first, receive the love from God, then you can love him back. Are you with me? Um, and so this is what God, Jesus is saying in Matthew 22, to love God with all your heart and soul and mind. That first and foremost, you must receive God's love, re know that God has loved you, and then you turn around and give that love back to God. Then you love your neighbor as yourself. This is what the world does. They love their neighbor, they love their self, and then they may think about loving God. And that's why things are out of order. We're talking about walking in the love of God. Go back to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Walking in the love of God. Walking in the love of God. Verse 12 says this. It says, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. All right? And so here, John is clear, clearly telling us not to be like Cain. And we know the story of Abel and Cain, right? How Cain presented unto God a sacrifice, an offering that was unacceptable. But Abel, on the other hand, offered up a, a worthy sacrifice, and God received Abel's sacrifice. Um, and then the Bible goes on and tells us that Cain murdered Abel. How many know that this isn't love? When somebody kills another person, it isn't love. Don't tell me you love somebody and you're killing them. Murder, murdering somebody is not the spirit of God. Are you with me? 
God is not in that. Um, That is the spirit of the devil. Um, Cain murdered Abel because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. In other words, um, Cain was envious of Abel. Envy will cause you to murder your brother and your sister. Envy. you got to be careful about that. Um, Do not allow envy to take root in your life. That's not love. That's not Christian love. We are not to envy our brothers and our sisters or what they have or or what they look like or or whatever the case may be. We are to resist that evil in every evil work. Anything that hinders us from walking in the love of God, we got to be careful. We got to watch out. Is this hindering me from loving my brother and my sister? When the last time you went out of your way to bless somebody you had envy, envy against, you know, for? I mean, looking for ways to bless somebody you're jealous of. You know, uh, instead of speaking ill of somebody, speak well of them. It doesn't, you don't make your candle or your light brighter when you curse somebody else's candle. So looking for ways, how can I be a blessing? Let's look at verse 13. 1 John chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. I thought that was amazing. Um, the world will hate us because well, what, what, why? Because it hated Christ. It hated Christ. And whenever you become more and more like Christ, the world will begin to hate you even more. When the world accepts you, then you got to be careful and say, wait a minute, I'm doing something wrong. Either they would be drawn to Jesus or either their hearts will be hardened. And the Bible says, do not be surprised that the world hates you. The world is looking to persecute you. And when you begin to walk in the love of God, you'll begin to see and experience persecution. Now, we think, oh, if I love them, then they'll be okay. But love overcomes everything. And we just read from the scripture that love never ends. Love never fails. You know, you you can do all the kind things. You try to reach people. But when you love somebody, love will never fail. Amen. Um, So don't allow the spirit of this world to operate you. Just like Cain hated his brother, the world will hate you. Did you hear me? Just like Cain hated his brother, the world will hate you. Look at verses 14 and 15. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. All right, this, this speaks volumes to us. One of the indications that you're born again, that you're saved by the grace of God, is that you have love for your brothers and your sisters. I am sweating up a storm. (laughs) Um, So how do you know if you're saved? How do you know you're saved? It's because you have love for your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Um, It's easy to love somebody who loves you back. But here, um, John is saying, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. So it is not even talking about somebody who is actually killing somebody. But if you actually hate your brother or your sister in Christ, then you are a murderer. And we know that murderers, will, murderers do not inherit the kingdom of God. It's, it talks about, it says, you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. It's impossible to be born again and to hate someone. Let me say that again. 
It's impossible to be saved and hate someone. If you hate someone, then you probably are not born again. Are you with me? If God is love and he dwells inside of you, and for you to say you hate someone, you're probably not, you don't, probably don't have God inside of you. Are you with me? Um, how do you know if you're a Christian? If you have love in your heart for your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Romans chapter 5 says, the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will come, not make you just shout and jerk and run around, but the Spirit of God will come and give you the love of God. The Spirit of God will put love in your heart for your brothers and your sisters. The Spirit of God will put love in your heart for God and for your brothers and your sisters. So if you say, I hate somebody, no matter what they've done to you, I want to let you know that the love of God does not say, I love you if you do everything thing right. But I love you regardless. That's the love of God. So the scripture tells us that the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Spirit of God. This, thank you. The Spirit of God dwells on the inside of every believer. And as we walk in the Spirit, as we become more like Christ, we'll love people. It's impossible to draw closer to God and not draw closer to his people. Are you with me? Uh, some people are like, I just want, it's just Jesus and I. No, you're wrong. You got the wrong version of Jesus. It's not just Jesus and you. It's Jesus, you, and his people. So as you draw closer to God, you'll draw closer to his people. The Bible talks about in Philippians chapter 2 that Timothy had the interest of people, had the interest of Jesus Christ, which is the interest of people. We need to be interested in other people. Are you with me? You're talking about everyone in here, if you're saved, you're called into the ministry. And ministry is about God and his people. How can I serve God's people better? So this an indication that you're saved is that you do not have hatred in your heart. If you have hatred in your heart, you are not born again. Are you with me? It doesn't matter if you've been molested. It doesn't matter if somebody killed your parents. If you have hatred in your heart, you're not a child of God. That's serious. Because Romans 5 talks about, you know, some will die for a righteous person. Some may die for a good person. But who would die for their enemies? And God showed us his love by sending Christ to die for us when we were yet enemies of God. And so Jesus said, says it like this in John. He says, I love you. But I want you to love one another as I have loved you. How many know that Christ loves us with a great love? And he turns around and he tells us to love people like he has loved us. That's a high standard of love. It's, it's not a type of love that is when you get mad at somebody, you go off on Facebook on them. <laughs> or, or you delete them or you block them. You know, that, that's not love. You know, oh, I don't like what you're saying. I'm going to block you. But real, authentic Christianity and fellowship is let's talk about it. Let's see why we disagree. Let, let's, let's put stuff on the table. You know, some families and some family cultures, cultures what they do is when things are, um, um, are not going right, they don't mention anything. They're just silent. They don't confront anything. But like we talked about last night, that we are to speak the truth in love to our brothers and our sisters. 
We're to call them on the carpet and allow them to call us on the carpet. Are you with me? Uh, you should be able to say, you know what, sister, you're wrong. You, what you believe in about God is off. But you do it in a loving way where they can receive it. Amen. The Bible says a person who is a murderer does not have eternal life abiding within them. And eternal life will always produce love in our hearts. Eternal life will always produce love in our hearts. Hold your places here. Go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. We got to say amen. John chapter 17. Let's look at the Lord, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. John chapter 17 verse 3 says this. It says, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. What is eternal life? Eternal life is not dying and going to heaven. Eternal life is knowing God and his son. Are you with me? The more you, if, when you know God and his son, you have eternal life. And no one who really loves God and knows God can say that they hate anyone. I want to check, I want to challenge you that next time you're tempted to say you hate someone, check on the inside of you. Say, I really don't hate that person. Now, I'm not saying that you have to trust everybody. If somebody breaks trust, that doesn't mean you, you, you just let them lay down and take advantage of you. But at the same time, you don't say, well, I hate them. I, I, I'm going to hold a grudge against them. The Bible says in Matthew 11, 25, that if you do not forgive, God the Father will not forgive you. You remember the scripture, the Lord's Prayer, uh, forgive us our, our trespasses as we forgive those who has trespassed against us. You know, when Jesus, uh, Jesus and Paul were having a conversation, and, um, and Peter was like, uh, I said Paul, but Jesus and Peter said, Peter said, um, how many times should I um, forgive my brother? And Jesus says, um, 70 times 7. Uh, that, what was that? 70 times 7 is 490, right? Um, 490 times that day over that same matter. I, that's a lot. I mean, and, and Peter says, Lord, increase our faith. It takes faith to forgive somebody. No matter what they're doing to you, it takes faith. I forgive you. I release you. I hold nothing against you. To the Bible, the first thing that Jesus, when Jesus started talking about prayer, the very first words that he used is to pray for those that despitefully use you. We would get upset when people use us, right? And we're like, why are you using me? No, it says pray. Pray for them. Call out God's blessings on them. Pray. Love your enemies. That's what Jesus said. And when he talked about love, he didn't talk about loving people who love you back. What profit is that? But he says, love your enemies. How many know it's hard to love your enemies? And if God loved us when we were enemies, we should love one another. His love for us empowers us to love our enemies. Let me say that again. His love for us empowers us to love our enemies. So the next time you're tempted to hate, the next time you're tempted to curse somebody out, remember, I have to love because I am a child of God. I'm born of love. Are you with me? In order to know God, you know love. Let's go back to 1 John. 1 John. Let's just touch, touch on this real quick. 1 John chapter 4. Go to chapter, I mean, chapter 4, verse 7. I'm, I'm getting really excited here because we're talking about walking in the love of God. 
First John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved. What are we talking about? We're not talking about the artist, beloved. He'll be here back with us tomorrow night. We're talking about that it says to be loved by God. That's what that means, to be loved. You are loved by God. So as Christians, we are the beloved of God. Are you with me? We are loved by God. See, God loves his creation. He loves his creatures. But he has a special love for his people. Are you with me? Uh, he, he, he sets his people afar off from the world. He gives them favor. He treats them like kings and queens. Are you with me? He, he has a place prepared for them. And then those who are not his people, he has a place prepared for them. Call hell, lake of fire. Okay, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So whoever is actually walking in this love of God actually knows God. See, you can pray all you want to. You confess until you're skinny like Michael Jackson used to be. Uh, you can do all those great things. You can give your body to be burned. You can give all your money away. But until you actually love someone, you don't know God. The measuring stick of how much you know God is how much you love his people. You know, people say, I, I know God. You can know the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, but until you actually love someone, you don't know God. It says, everyone that loves, whoever, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So whoever is walking in this love is born of God and knows God. There's some people who don't know God. They can, they can shout, they can dance, they can quote scriptures, but until you walk in love, you don't know God. Are you with me? The measuring stick, the indication, the indication or indicator that you are, you are born of God and you know God is that you love people. And it goes on to says, verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So if you're not walking in love, you don't know God. That's harsh. If a man does not love his wife like Christ loves the church, he doesn't know God. No matter how many times he may be going out and witnessing to the, the lost, but if until he loves his wife like Christ loves the church, he does not know God. That's, that's hard. That's a higher standard. Are you with me? Walking in the love of God. Go back to 1 John chapter 3. Go to verse 16. It says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Notice this, that Jesus laid down his life for us. We, saw, we see this, right? We see this through the scriptures, that Jesus died for us. He took our place. We deserve what he got. And he turns around and he says, now you lay down your life for your brothers and your sisters. When the last time you laid down your life for your brothers and your sisters? I know this hit me hard. How am I laying down my life for my brothers and my sisters in Christ? We are to lay down our life. It is God's love that empowers us to love one another. Because we're saved, we can love. Let's look at verse 17 and 18. It says this, 
But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Scripture says here, how can we know, how can we walk in the love of God? By meeting the needs of our brothers and our sisters. Don't tell me you love God and God brings somebody to your door to bless them and you have what they need and you refuse to give it to them. You're, you don't know God. You, you, you're not operating in the love of God. Um, another way to look at this is we're called to practice love or walk in love every moment of every day. Love not in words, but also in actions or in deeds. Be a person of your word. If you want to walk in love, you want to love somebody, if you say, I'm going to be at such and such at a certain time, be there. Be a person of your word. That's love. Say, you know what, I'm going to keep my word. If I say that I'm going to be, do this for this person, um, I'm going to do it. The Bible says if you don't keep that as a Christian, as a believer, we should, we should keep our word even if it hurts us. Even if it hurts us. And we got a lot of Christians that don't keep their word. Therefore, when it comes to believing God's word, it's hard for them to believe God's word. Why? Because they think God is just like them. Not, a person that doesn't keep their word. Um, here's another one. Um, be a person of kindness. Be a person of kindness. We talked about that. Love is kind. How, how we need to be kind to people. Be tender-hearted. Are we tender-hearted with our brothers and our sisters? Be quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Don't be so quick to hold grudges. Forgive them. Forgive them. Say, no, you know what? I'm not going to hold this against this person. No matter what has happened to you in your past, forgive them. Well, I just, I just you know, some people, they idolize their hurt. Are you with me? They, they lift up that hurt, and they like, you know, but this happened. Uh, my dad wasn't there. Uh, my mom treated me this way. Uh, get over it. Look what they did to Jesus. Look what we do to Jesus when we sin. Get over it. Learn to forgive. Say, I forgive you. I do not hold anything, anything against you. I don't want anything to hinder my relationship with God, nor do I want anything to hinder my relationship with you. Don't hold grudges in your heart. Be quick to forgive everyone no matter what. That's walking in the love of God. Since I'm not going to, if you got a professor that um, some of y'all about to go to school, go back to college, you got a professor that treats you real bad, well, love them. Love them. Show them the love of Jesus. It doesn't matter what they have done, forgive. It doesn't mean that you have to trust them. This is the love of God in action. It's not about, oh, you know, I love the thing, but if we're going to give the best gift of all is, to, is love, how do we walk in this? How do we live this out? Don't say, oh, we need to do this and we need to, say, we, I can preach to everybody shouting and hanging off the ceiling. But what are you going to do on Monday morning? What are you going to do for the rest of the year until next revival? 
or next Sunday? How are you going to live this Christianity out? So many times people don't live out what God has commanded. But there's a blessing in doing the word. The Bible says it's not the hearer that is blessed, but it's the doer. Those who actually do what God has commanded is actually blessed. Go to verses 19 and 20. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. By this we know, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. If we walk in love, we have an assurance that we, are, we have confidence in God. It says, but verse 20, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our, hearts does not, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So here, we know that we are walking in the truth when we are loving our brothers and our sisters. Let us know, let us be known not as Christians in name only, but by our actions and our deeds. Are you displaying the love of God in your home? You know, real Christianity starts at home. How do you live at home? Mom and dad, husband and wife, kids, cousin, grandmother, how do they see you as a Christian? Do they see you as a Christian at home? See, it's one thing to be a Christian in front of everybody else, but it's another thing to be a Christian at home. And when you get married, for those who are single, when you get married, you're actually going to, the real you is going to come out. And you think, oh, I'm, I'm a, such a Christian, I'm so sincere, but wait till you get married. You'll see flesh, you'll see demons out of you, like, wow, I didn't know I could feel this way. I thought I was the most giving person on the face of the earth. I got married, I'm like, uh-uh, I don't want to give you my last piece of meat. Like, that's really, that's not, what are you doing? Let me buy you another. No, I just want that. And that, I just, I mean, it, it revealed how selfish I am. And then, when I got a son, it just kind of like tripled. Like, really, you want to take my last piece of bread? Like, really? But yet, when I was youth pastor, I was always like, oh, you can have the last. But daily, I'm like, no, you can't have the last. <laughs> Real Christianity starts at home, and then it's, it's displayed at work. How do you work? You know, we talked about um, work as worship. So when you go to work, your work becomes part of your worship as a Christian. You worship God by being on time, by serving your employer. Are you with me? You're, you're worshiping God. That's part of your worship. Worship is not limited to the songs that we sing. We call it praise and worship, right? But actually, the whole service is worship, but the whole Christian life is worship. A life of obedience. How do I worship God on my job, in my home, at school, by doing my best, right? Worshiping, studying unto him. And the Bible says, John says, if our heart condemns us, then God is greater than our hearts. If we are truly walking in truth and love, then we have confidence in God. And we can pray with a clear conscience and trust that God will hear us when we pray because we obey him. Obedience will provide us with a clear conscience and a great confidence. Then let's go on. Let's, let's look at verse 23. It says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us and by the spirit whom he has given us. 
Let's look at that verse 23 again. And this is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Notice this, that God's commandments include us believing in Jesus and us loving one another. Let us practice this. You say you believe in Jesus, then you are to have a, a, a reflection of that belief by loving one another. God abides in, in us if we love one another. So let me give you some applications, some takeaways. How do you apply this starting now? Is one, you gotta be quick to forgive. Just forgive. Just keep that in mind. Be quick to forgive. You always want to be quick to for, repent and quick to forgive. I repent. I ask God to forgive me. I acknowledge my sins. I do a 180. I do the opposite. See, repentance is not just say, God, forgive me. Repentance is actually an action. It's you actually turn your back, go the opposite direction of that thing. See, sometimes people come and they come to the altar. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then they go back and do the same thing. That's not repentance. That's not repentance. You're playing. You're playing with, you think you're playing with God. But repentance is doing the opposite. I've, when I was a youth pastor, we would have events, and people would come down crying, oh, God, I surrender all. Oh. And next week, they were back doing the same thing they were doing. Then I, would see pe then I would see kids who never moved. There was never no crying or anything. And see, we, we would see the people who were crying as God was moving on them. But the people who were just sitting back not saying anything and listening, we didn't see God moving on them. But what happened was the people who were crying, most of them didn't change. But the people who were quiet and didn't say much, God was changing them on the inside. And years later, I see fruit show up in their life. So it's not based on my emotions. It's based on my obedience. See, you know, it's great that we hear, we hear in the word. But what you going to do with it on Monday morning? After the conference, after the revival, what are you going to do? How, how will you apply what you have learned? Don't say, I praise the Lord on church, and Monday you act like the devil. You're mean. Play, live out this love walk. If you really know God, you're going to love people. You look for ways. How can I serve people? How can I... See, and when you're talking to somebody, one way you can serve a person is by listening to them. Some of us, we, we think about what we're going to say before they get finished talking. We're trying to get a word in. Hey, what's up? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, learn to be quiet and listen. Developing ministering ears. Say, you know, I'm going to listen. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how I can apply scriptures to what they're saying. How can I minister to them where they are? Sometimes it's not saying anything. It's having ministering ears, just listening. Having them dump on you what they're going through. Having them vent so that you can pray for them accurately. And not just out in the, and, and, and missing. Um, be quick to forgive. Number two, look for opportunities to show the love of God. How can I show the love of God? How can I display God's love to this world? How I many know there's a lot of hungry people looking for love in all the wrong places? You know, sometimes people are looking for love through sex. And, and if you're not married, you, no, no, we don't do that. That's not loving you. Loving you is like, listen, let me tell you something. You're going to end up getting a, a disease. Number one, you're sinning against God, telling them that, that their body belongs to God. 
That's love. Love is not, oh, I'm not going to say nothing. Again, we don't like to confront. How many are confronters out here? Who confronts? Who likes to confront? Not likes to confront, but who are willing to confront? You know. So most of us are not confronters. We just don't say nothing. But I want to challenge you. That's pride, too. Pride of not saying anything. If you love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth, even if it destroys or uh, damages your relationship with them. I'm willing to damage my relationship with you in order to tell you the truth. Man, that's powerful. That's real Christianity. It says, even if you don't like me after this conversation, it's okay. It's okay. Because you know why? Later down in the road, you're going to come back and think, oh, wow, that person really loved me because they gave me the words of wisdom, the words from God's word. Are you with me? I remember I, one time I was talking to a brother, and um, he was talking about getting married and stuff, and um, I just challenged him. I said, listen, I think you should wait until you finish school and then get married. And he says, oh, you're the only person that ever told me that. But I'm telling you, it's going to be hard for you. You need to finish school, go ahead and get your education, and then get married. And he went ahead and got married first, and guess what? He never finished his education. But guess what? Even though it was, it was tension in the room, he remembered that. He said, wow, he told me the truth. We got to be willing to tell people the truth. I remember my cousin, I was witnessing to my cousin as a, as a teenager, preteen, telling her about Jesus. She would go out and party all the time, and then she would want me to come over to New York and talk to her. I would go over and witness to her. She didn't want to hear, she had just came from a party, and she did not want to hear me telling, them, telling her that she's going to hell. But guess what, I told her, and guess what, to this day, she is an evangelist. She's a pastor's wife. She is serving God wholeheartedly. She's had a prayer call before it was popular. She, her prayer call is going on 15 years. You know, everybody's doing a prayer call now. Uh, I mean, it's just like a phase. Oh, let's call each other and pray in the morning. Oh, Lord. You know, it's just, I mean, I mean, I'm not knocking the prayer calls, but some people are just doing it because it's popular. But she was doing it 15 years ago. And now she got a website, she got a prayer ministry. But if I had not, as a teenager, as a preteen, not told her the truth, she would not be saved. You know, I mean, God could have used somebody else. I'm not saying that. But I, I was willing to tell her the truth. And she tells everyone, I'm her favorite cousin. But at the time, she couldn't stand me. She's like, how did you make a decision for Jesus at four? Well, I just did. I, I don't understand this. You need to live a little bit. You know, but now she's like, Man, you had something I didn't have. But she thanked me later. So be willing to look for opportunities to love people, to show them the love, and tell them the truth, even if they want, don't want to hear. Please don't say, you know, if somebody has bad breath, be willing to say, hey, you got bad breath. I mean, be, I mean honestly, it is, it is, it's going to practice being confrontational, not for the sake of let me show you something, but for the sake of loving them and telling them the truth. If somebody has a booger in their nose, hey, listen, here, here you go. You know, you got something right there. Be willing to, you know, my mentor, I got a couple mentors. One of them says, hey, you need to lose some weight. I do. I need to lose some weight. I've never been this big in my entire life. And he says, you need to lose some weight. I love him for that. I love him for that. Um, my sermons can be good. My wife would tell me, mm, you missed it. You, you didn't really stay with the text. Thank you. Everybody else pray, oh, that was a word from heaven. You preach heaven now. My wife says, no, 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 you missed it. You didn't, spend some, you didn't spend enough time in the text. Yeah, what do you mean? And we used to fight over it. But I thank God because I got better as a preacher. 
Amen. And as brothers and sisters, we need to make our brothers and our sisters better. Amen. Be willing to tell. Don't lie. If you go to, I remember this story. This story, I'm, I know I'm telling a lot of stories tonight. Um, the story of this preacher, this evangelist, he would come in town, he would preach. Uh, I mean, well, this church would have all these different preachers come to town. And this one woman would always invite people to her house to feed them. And the preachers would always say the food was great. The son and the husband always told them, told the wife it was horrible. And they said, no, 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 the man of God said it was good. So this one preacher came in town, and they actually came over to the woman's house. The woman invited him over, and he says, and so she said, so what you think about the food? It was horrible. He, she, he said that. And um, the, the husband says, you are a man of God. And he ended up going to service that night and getting saved. Because all the time, all the other preachers told the woman that her food was good. When my wife cooks something and I don't, I don't like it, you'll be able to ask her tomorrow night and tell me, see if I'm telling the truth. If I don't like it, I tell her. I said, I don't like this. This is, this is horrible. <laughs> Guess what? We've been we're going on 10 years. But I've told her the truth. I did not want her to repeat something that she thought was good and I didn't like it. I'm going to be honest with it. I was like, I don't like that. That, that was horrible. And I'm like, and guess what? We, we have an authentic relationship. She can tell me what she doesn't like, and I can tell her what she, I don't like. Sometimes people have to, you know, they, they walk on eggshells, and they're afraid to say something, don't want to disturb the peace. Sometimes you have to disturb the peace, because Jesus says, I've come to bring a sword. i come to divide a house. So being honest and upfront. Number three. If your brother or sister has a need and you have the means, meet that need. If your brother or your sister has a need, then meet that need if you have the means. And number four, my last point is pray for each other. Sometimes we tell our brothers and our sisters that we're going to pray for each other and we don't pray for them. Oh, please keep me in prayer. I'm, I have a surgery today. Okay. And then they go through surgery, everything turns out well. Thank you for praying for me, and you take the glory. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Man, it's because of your prayers. No, be quick to pray for somebody. If somebody's going through or asking you to pray for, one of the things that I've developed practically is when I walk away from that person, I start praying for them right away. So I won't forget. At least I did say a prayer for them. And sometimes you, you may want to pray for them right then and there on the spot. You know, say, okay, let me pray for you right quick so I won't forget. Because, you know, I've told many people I pray for them, and later on, they might die or something happened, and you're like, man, I didn't pray for them. But practice praying for each other for real. Real Christians from the New Testament, they pray for one another. It wasn't just, I love God, and you love God, but you actually, they actually pray with each other. Let's, let's join me standing. I hope you got something out of this this morning, this evening. Walking in the love of God. Walking in the love of God. Lift up your hands. Close your eyes. No music, please. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your love for us. You love us with an everlasting love. A love that cannot be comprehended with our human knowledge. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would help us to walk in love. Help us to live out this Christianity. 
May we not be Christians in name only, but in deeds. Help us, Father. I want you just to ask God to help you to walk out in the love of God right now. Between you and God, take a few moments, and you ask God to help you, to empower you. Lord, help me to walk in love. Help me to love everyone. People of God, begin to pray now. Help me. Help me to love. God, help me to love my neighbors. Help me to tell the truth when, at all times in love. Help me to be quick to forgive. God, forgive me. Forgive me. Let's, let's confess our sins. Forgive me for not loving my brothers and my sisters. Forgive me for acting like Christ uh, um, through name, wanting people to look at me as a real Christian, and yet I don't love. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. God, I release everyone who has ever done me wrong. For I forgive them, Father. And forgive me for ever doing anyone wrong, Father. I confess my need for you, that I have missed the mark, that I have fallen short of the glory of God. Forgive me, God. God, I want to be a real Christian. I want you, people of God, pray, pray and ask God to be a real Christian. God, help me to be a real Christian, a real, authentic Christian, a biblical Christian. God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, forgive us. We, we, we confess our, 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 our desire to, to look right when we're not right. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. We cry out for your mercy. Have mercy on us, God. Have mercy on us, son of David. Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Forgive us for sinning. Forgive us for putting our mouths on people. Forgive us for laughing at our brothers and our sisters. Forgive us for rejoicing in wrongdoing. Forgive us for boasting. Forgive us for being rude. Forgive us for being unkind. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for not being patient with our, our, our brothers and our sisters. And even those who are not saved, forgive us, God. Forgive us. Lord, you are calling for a people set apart for you. Oh, God, you have called us to be holy. Holiness is walking in love. Holiness is walking in love. God, we want to be holy, not externally only, but internally, Father. We want to we love a, a sincere love, a, a, a sincere faith, Father, a real faith. Oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us, Father. Help us to be the real deal, Father, in the name of Jesus. And give us real friends. Help us to be real friends and give us real friends, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. People of God, lift up your hands and begin to cry out. Cry out for God's holy love, holy revival love in your heart. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, forgive us. We cry out for a true revival of love. Y'all talk about revival? Let's, let's begin to have this revival begin in us. Help us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, let a revival of love take place in us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. A revival of love. And even now, the fire of the love of God is falling on some of y'all. The fire of the love of God is falling on you now. In the name of Jesus. I sense his presence. His fire of love is consuming us now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up our hands. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we receive this revival of love. Let us walk in the love of God. 
Oh, fire of God fall upon us. Fire of God fall upon us, even now. In the, even now. Oh, fire of God fall upon us. Help us. To, uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, burn out the nasty attitude. That nasty attitude. Burn out that nasty attitude in the name of Jesus. The attitude that is from the pit of hell. God, forgive us. Forgive us for our attitudes. Oh, Lord, we need an attitude adjustment. Let the fire of God burn out, burn that stuff out of us, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help us to love our family. Help us to honor our parents in the name of Jesus. That defiant behavior, that defiant attitude, remove it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we humble ourselves, and we ask for your cleansing power. Your cleansing power, God, in the name of Jesus. You said everyone who has this hope purifies himself. God, purify us. Purify us, Father. Make us holy, God. Make us holy. Make us holy, God. Make us holy, God. God, we want to be the real church. We want to be the real church. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We want to be the real church. We don't want to be the fake church, God. We don't want to be the, the five virgins without the, 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 the lamp, the, the oil, Father. We want to have the oil of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, we want to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. Oh, God, we want real Christianity. God, forgive us. Forgive us for believing the lie about you. Forgive us for wanting prosperity more than we want your presence. Oh, God, we want your presence more. We want your anointing. We want your holiness, God. May the world smell and feel and sense the holiness of God on us. For your word declares to be holy, for even as I am holy. And, God, we want to be holy, God. We want to be holy, God. Holy in our attitudes. Holy in our words. Holy in our minds. Holy in our bodies. Holy, 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 God. Everything about us, we want it to scream holy. Holy, God. Holy, 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 God. Oh, Father, I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Even now, Father. Even now. Lord, let us walk away from tonight and say, how can I love? Love like I've never loved before. Oh, love like I've never loved before. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Revive us again, oh God. Revive us again. Oh God, return us back to our first love. Loving you and loving our neighbor. God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let us pray for one another. Intercede for one another. Live this thing out. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.